0: welcome to another edition of get to know your lower rangers my name is will aka at wapple house on twitter aka christy yamaguchi main and this week we are with a man who frankly in my opinion needs absolutely no introduction uh the very famous uh, slash infamous to all of the people that were competing with him for the uh for the famed Sui Award for best song. The winner of that Sui Award, Andrew Streeter. Andrew, how are you doing this evening?
1: I am so good. How are you, my friend?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm lovely. I'm lovely. Um got still got a little bit of the crud. Um uh this the stupid covid, but other than that, I am golden. I am uh thankful to be doing better. How, how's your week been?
1: Well, you sound like a million
0: bucks, I got to <laughs> say. You're <laughs> <Thank> sounding
1: fantastic. <laughs> and uh yeah. I know you're doing I a good job.
0: I know you've been having a a, a good week. Um uh just checking in with us with your beloved utah jazz um i see you wearing wearing the uh you got the the number 27 (laughs) on right now
1: yeah man gotta represent gotta represent uh mr rudy gobert
0: yeah from france from france you know Uh, may we who is that uh was that lori beth denberg or, or like on all that there was a character on all that uh oh, do you the pierre, show
1: they- it was pierre escargot yes, and S- <S- he would right. and he would sit and he would sit in the bathtub with his rubber duckies and <laughs> say a bunch of nonsense and just go haw, haw, haw. oh
0: man I, I god the the memories flooding back of of the all that characters uh i, I yeah. love it love it so much okay so i have to start here then uh are the jazz for real
1: yeah i mean i think at this point you know the uh, I, I let me back up a little bit i'm not gonna throw <laughs> any any basketball bona fides or anything but i i think that i i know the game pretty well sure um sure. there's enough data you know a big enough sample size at this point to right, you, can, right. you can see that they uh <laughs> you know at this juncture having They had like the second or third, depending on which site you use, whether it's cleaning the glass or basketball reference, they had either the second or the third most difficult schedule uh, up to this point. Right. And they're absolutely obliterating everybody, basically. I mean, they're 27 and seven. They're 20 games over 500. That's ridiculous. And And a shortened um, season for that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the season's like basically half over. And so, in the second half of the season, that schedule's been released. They are going to play the easiest schedule remaining in basketball Hell yeah. Hell after yeah. playing one of the hardest ones. And they're already, so they're on track for the for the one seed. I'm not saying they're going to win a title. They clearly haven't. It's one of these things where like people are like, oh, they can't, they, they haven't won a title. So, they're not for real. They're like, they're not, they aren't, uh, you know.
0: As if, have, as if those players from 20, 20- Five years ago are on this roster or something like that that is such a, a moot argument yeah, you know
1: right well i mean if jordan didn't exist a lot of other people would have had rings yeah, absolutely. you know that, absolutely. the first the first time i saw that jazz team play was you know or look watch the jazz play was the 97 98 jazz team with carl malone and john stockton and that right. was the fantastic team that was capable of winning a title Yep. Jordan was unbelievable and they took him to six games and that's, that's what they could do. And they were right. old men by that point. They'd been in the league for a long time. Hell yeah, Both of have, them. <laughs> So like, yeah, you know, what sure. are you, what are you going to do, man? It's it's basketball and only one team gets to be happy at the end, but I'm that's just, true. you know, in these ridiculous times that we've been in for the last year, um, I'm going to take whatever joy that I can squeeze out of anything. And I'm going to enjoy it every step of the way. Like, I, uh, this is, they're historically great so far and, you know, they're not going to win. It's literally impossible to win every game. Like, (laughs) like you you cannot win every game and they, there's a lot of other good teams and good talent, but like, I don't know. I'm not gonna let people dump on me for being, uh, you know, really excited for my team being really good. And And it's not... And it's not like it came out of nowhere. They built this team and they they've done it the right way. So I, you know, I will not uh, I will not take any crap from
0: anyone. <laughs> yeah, nor should you, nor should you at all. OK, so while you are not located in the state of Utah, uh, tell us a little bit about your family and, and where you live now and, and kind of where you're from originally.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in High Point, North Carolina, which is the furniture capital of the world.
0: Yes, it is. And
1: that's about half as interesting as it sounds.
0: Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, my parents both worked in the furniture industry. My dad was in transportation and logistics. My mom sold high-end furniture. Um, But then all of that kind of went to to crap. They both worked in Thomasville, which you've heard of Thomasville furniture. Yep. If you've ever shopped for furniture. Um, There was a really big factory there that was basically the center of town imagine like these old coal mining towns in like West Virginia or whatever, like everything was just revolved around the coal mine, everything revolved around Thomasville furniture. And basically like when I was probably in ninth, 10th grade, they like shipped all of the man Cause it used to be all manufactured right there. Right. Designed, manufactured, distributed all in North Carolina. It was a really huge industry and it still is. It's just now it's been outsourced to China right. mostly. Right. Right. And they shut down the factory and it became a Tom'sville where I went to high school, uh, became a ghost town and it really screwed up a lot of people. And, and uh, there are people with, you know, that didn't have pensions and, you know, they lost their pension. They didn't have any training and any other kind you know, any other kind of uh job training yeah, yeah. That, that they, that they knew that had been, you know, cutting foam for, you know, recliners for the last 25 years and then they don't, you know, it's all gone. So it was a pretty pretty devastating time. So my mom pivoted, she became a, she became a nurse and now she's she went to Winston Salem State, went back to school, went to Stephen A. Smith's alma mater, Winston Salem nice. State. Nice. <laughs> got herself a bachelor's degree and she's a uh, she's a nurse. And then my dad still doesn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's okay. They don't depend on each other. They got divorced a long time ago. But anyway, that's that's a that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah, um,
0: that's a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, it's really it's interesting because, like, you know, after they got divorced, kind of like the people are like, "You're from North Carolina, aren't you?" A Hornets fan? I'm like, well, uh, for about three years after my my parents got divorced, we lived in Evanston, Wyoming, which is like on the it's a border town right on the Utah state line mm-hmm. in Wyoming, right in the South uh, West corner of Wyoming. And, uh, you know, we were an hour from Salt Lake city. So this is like right in like the heyday of, of the jazz and like, um, yeah, I mean, that's, they've stuck, I've stuck with that since. And then even after I moved back to North Carolina, we, uh, we would go to the jazz game every time they came to Charlotte, we'd be the only jazz fans hell yeah written them on and they beat them every time but anyway um so that's how that came to be and actually i've lived there all over the place i actually went to school in utah went to utah valley university i lived there for five years my wife went there as well um and studied i studied music production of all things okay it's not what I work in currently, but it is what I,
0: it is what I study. Uh, I feel like that's a, a very common story these days. Studied one thing, found a career in another, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I know I work for for Citibank, which is one of the big four banks. And um, I work in check fraud. So all day long, I'm looking at check images. And I've been okay. working from home for the last almost a year now. Okay. Um, right here in this very seat. Where I will be tomorrow my commute a, is for
0: my this commute is, where, is the magic feet.
1: happens right <laughs> this is where the magic happens where the bacon is brought home i hear you right here at home so yeah no and people are like oh that sounds boring like no actually i love it i really yeah. love what i do it's it is really it is challenging at times but you know i uh i love it man and i i have three boys that are young, <laughs> a six year old boy, a three year old boy, and a one year old boy. Oh wow! And uh, so they're all here. They homeschool. They don't go to school. Right. So my my wife homeschools them. So they're like, you know, it's, it was an adjustment. Let's like everybody else that has kids working from home because they're like, Dad's home. and I'm like, I'm not though. I'm working, right. dude. Right. Like we you can't t- play Switch right now. Like you gotta like. <laughs>
0: you got to demarcate those lines right you gotta you gotta have like this is my workspace for right now and i'd love buddy i'd I'd love to go outside and rough house or whatever or or play something but i gotta concentrate on on work right now and it's it's hard to blend those things in together when uh you're so used to the home being like you know the family place and having a, a workspace to go to usually but you said you like it a lot
1: I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like it quite a bit, you know, and it's, um, it's a good thing that I do, because not everybody gets to like what they do. Yeah, um, true. For, the long, for the longest time, you know, basically, and I feel this way that when you when you choose a life of being a parent, when you've chosen a life of, you know, uniting with another person to, you know, make people um, <laughs> your life becomes about them. And then, you know, and I fully understood that when I got into that. And um, hence why I don't work in the volatile contract to contract uh, cutthroat music industry. I mean, I don't, not full-time anyway, right? I am really glad that I I learned that stuff because I've always been super interested and adept to, to music and music production and making records. And I still have tons of different irons in the fire. I make records for people. They send me music. Yeti sends me things. He sends he sent me like forty five individual tracks for like a two minute long song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that, like, that sounds like that sounds like Yeti's. Uh, uh, I'm
1: not. That's not an exaggeration. Either. He I, sent I, me forty five completely... <laughs> individual tracks for one
0: two minute long
1: song. That that's he has incredible. That's incredible. So that's and you just... you
0: have a a <laughs> band with your wife, right? As well, yeah. She, she does music. She
1: is a classically trained musician. Um, she's remarkable. She's a classically trained cellist. She went to school. To, um, wow. Yeah, she went, she went to UVU. She had a, a full-ride scholarship for cello at Utah Valley. And um, she's a classically trained pianist. She's teaching our oldest son how to play piano. She can teach all of them how to play piano, but um, she is also, she also plays ukulele and she writes songs and she's just, she's a powerhouse. And then I, everything I've, like, I can't say, like, everything, because I've had some musical theory, like, I, I was in band, like, in school, I played, tr- you know, trumpet and concert band, and, and I played percussion and marching band, and that kind of thing so I, mean, I can read some music but i don't remember a lot of that and i don't really apply it to what i do like with my own music i did
0: i played saxophone in middle school <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i'm not i'm not like thinking about the circle of fifths when i'm like you know writing a song or whatever you know what i mean yeah. so um yeah i mean so I, when i was a kid when i'm like north Carolina. i'm like all over the place but um you know when I was a kid i was it was in a uh, a punk ska band for a good long time and oh, yeah. actually Our first show was Yeti's band's last show. It was like, he's passing the torch to us. They like gave us a a little slot in their, their show, but we actually ended up, you know, we toured regionally and we went, you know, we were doing things and, you know, making things happen, but we were like, you know, five, six years, like a little too late genre, genre yeah, for, wise, the, uh, right?
0: for, for the uh for the sky wave of the uh, yeah but
1: like we, we yeah. kind of got like more into like by but you know we were kind of we kind of evolved our sound man. away yeah. from that we didn't even have any horns so i don't hey, know what that, we're that's playing that's, ska. that's but, what
0: true artists do they uh they, they evolve <laughs> right they they change and evolve and and yeah. uh kind of kind of keep looking for for that sound for sure so, so when i
1: came from there
0: yeah my wife and i when
1: we met Um, she's more of like a singer songwriter kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so like our, our vibes a little bit more of like a kind of like a, like an indie rock kind of feel to it, but she really takes her uh, actual musical uh, trained ear along with my um, just no ear, (laughs) just my normal ear, just your normal ear. And uh, together we have two ears (laughs) and uh, that are from different side of the ear ear perspective
0: and, and, and uh, what, what do you what do you call that project <laughs> that you uh that, that you do with her where can people find is, that or what it is what called
1: it is called whisper sands s-a-n-d-s, sands. okay We're whisper sands and you can find us on Bandcamp. if you just google whisper sands you'll be able to find it okay um we put out a couple records um yeah you can you can find it on Bandcamp, but i'm i'm working on once i get done with yeti's project and a couple other projects they have for some friends i'm gonna get us on spotify so we can for sure not get paid hell so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah right but but well you know eventually that'll that'll be out there and i'll be sure to actually promote it on yes maybe you no, know, like yeti bothers me too all the time he said Excellent. you're terrible you're terrible at promotion and i i absolutely am
0: i He's i'm not the, wrong i'm the same way i always forget like uh i've guessed it on a couple other podcasts and uh where can people find you uh just search like i just I throw out a, oh, like, a like a, a twitter <laughs> handle that got suspended like three accounts ago or some shit you know <laughs> like that that's uh I'm, I'm terrible terrible about it
1: i think we're on pure volume if you want to hit that up <laughs>
0: yeah oh man pure volume we I got a not-
1: we got a Geo Cities, um... yeah,
0: uh, Angel Fire website <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from, from uh, 2002. All right, so uh so you told us a little bit about your your job, your your location, and where are you at now? Are you in Texas? Is that you're in
1: South Texas, baby. okay, San Antonio,
0: San Antonio. Okay, so you just went through the whole uh, uh, the whole no deep, power or deep freeze, no power, all that good stuff, and uh came out on the other side, thankfully, uh, safe and sound. Well, uh, so you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your family, your location, your your job, uh, that you do. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, and I don't know if if you can put a fine point on this, or because for some people it's it's kind of an evolution. But well, uh, th- kind of the moment that you first got the show, or you remember kind of becoming a fan of it.
1: Well, it's funny because um, I kind of found the show on accident. Uh, back in like 2014, I was actually um, looking for some like, cause this is back when I cared about this kind of thing, looking for some like real time analysis of the NBA finals. Right. Um, sports talk, like hot take radio. Right? right. Right. Like my evolution starts, like I think a lot of people's does with actual sports radio, sports talk radio shows. So I really liked SVP and Rusillo. I really like Colin Coward. Um I'm willing to admit that now. And um, it, this is a safe space. It is a safe space. And I appreciate you very much. <laughs> but yeah. So like, I remember during that final. So that was the Spurs. Um, That's the second year in a row of Spurs heat. And I was using the TuneIn radio app. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to like local Miami radio and see like, you know, what they're saying about the heat. And it's the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts. <laughs> And I pull that up. This is so summer 2014, and he's in the middle of playing back the Indiana rant for the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. And I'm like, and I knew Dan Levitard. The reason I knew Dan Levitard was from his guest appearances on Pardon the Interruption. Okay. From from years prior. Right. And I remember really liking him a lot. Bam. And there, he was, he's always been polarizing, but like people did, you know, that you either really liked that or you didn't like that. But I yeah. always appreciated when Dan would come on, but I never thought of him in that, you know, I just thought of him as, you know, he's a journalist who works at the Miami Herald, you know?
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> so with a little twinkle in his eye, you know, let me, <laughs> let me file that away for you know future years, pull sure. this up. And then he's just yelling about all these, fun, I don't even remember what he said in that in that first in that uh Indianapolis rant but it was really funny and i am just like what in the world and then you hear stugatz talking and you're like who is this guy and it, you know i just kind of went from there cuz like it, I, I almost like i i don't know i think some people they listen and they're like i'm repulsed by this let me keep listening and then they're like i
0: love this and it right. was not
1: that was it was not it for me i was immediately like these are my people so <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it immediately fell into it so
1: i was like a search for podcasts and it became you know um must listen like in my rotation like ever since then and that was right before i think they went national so yeah i mean
0: so it's, it's, kind of love at first sight for you then oh um, absolutely but absolutely. And, and that's a that's that's a, a a cool thing because i i did not come from the sports talk world i actually the the whole reason i started listening to them is because i was renewing my interest in sports but i could not get into uh the serious aspect of it you, you you know like you're you're a bigger sports fan than I am like I love sports but like I don't like have a team I don't have like passion about like specific players or anything like that so I was just kind of the the looks like game is what drew me in actually uh me being from you know born and raised here in North Carolina the very first one uh that I heard was Ron Rivera looks like the guy that gets off of the plane and never takes the layoff in Hawaii and that I was like oh my god like that just hit me like a lightning bolt and I, I was like I don't know what the hell this show is I know it's on ESPN I probably should know some sports uh, to listen to this thing but then they just kept barely talking about it or the little bit that they did was in a way that was interesting enough to keep me captivated um so digestible yeah digestible exactly like dan says we we bring you in with the junk food and then we force feed you the vegetables right uh so so (laughs) I, i i love i love that analogy and it completely worked on me um and obviously it was it was love at first sight with you um over the years that you've been listening um what's been one of your favorite moments from from the show uh there's so many to choose from but what would be what would be your moment that if you had to introduce the show to a friend? and you say you got to listen to this this is this is going to draw them in
1: see i'm a weirdo so like i uh i like (laughs) i like the things that would normally annoy people right like um i've really loved witnessing billy's uh growth as an entertainer over the last few years he's really come into his own he really started hitting his stride like two three years ago uh, when they you know especially with his like local hour stuff but dan's favorite colors man when they started doing list ra- they were talking about li- that came about because of like list radio right where it's yeah, like yeah who's your top whatever and you know Stu does those all the time all right, this is the according to you know according to saladdressing.com these are my favorite <laughs> salad dressings right so that the, the, when i heard the imaging for dan's favorite colors I like lost my freaking mind laughing. I don't know why that was the funniest thing in the world to me at that moment in time. And subsequently, every time I heard that imaging played in full, which color would he choose? Which color would he choose? Which color would he choose? Today. Um, it just it became it's it's such an embodiment. Like that bit alone, I feel like is is a great and you could go to a lot of different bits that they do that that poke fun at, you know. Super serious, sacrosanct sports radio—the cathedral, right.
0: right? Well, that was um, that was right after they had uh, <laughs> Sims on to to do the quarterback rankings. I think so yeah, around that time, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that imaging that, that imaging always evoked Willy Wonka to me. Um, that that yeah, whimsical man. Willy Wonka was- feel.
1: And yeah, just Billy's singing anything, Billy's singing, you can't lose. No, not at all.
0: <laughs> it's almost it's got a lullaby quality to it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. It's so silly. It's so silly, but like he's Billy is giving it his all there, though. Like he's trying and he does, he does a good job. I think that's what the earnestness of it is what makes it so good.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that 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 is and then they brought it back like at the end of their run at espn yes, they and did. they would they went like strong with it and then it fell off like you know the marching band to nowhere style that they have and then they'd bring it back every now and then and then they finally finished up and i love that they tied the loose ends there i was really uh was kind of sitting uh i was sitting you know they kind of left me hanging a little bit especially right. the spirit with a
0: with a (laughs) rick springfield
1: springfield's favorite the uh the
0: the the thing you talked about the, the like you liking things that annoy other people that i have that same i have that same feeling like a thousand percent i'm so right we're on the same page with each other uh because it's something that's funny And then it goes so long that it becomes boring and and funny. And then it goes a little bit longer and it becomes anger inducing. And then it goes out of the day. Intro is a great example. (laughs) Exactly The
1: the beeps in the weekend observation. Yes.
0: Then it goes long enough. it, It comes full circle. And then it becomes the funniest fucking thing that you have ever heard in your life. And it's, it's amazing.
1: The two, two other ones that I would put on the metal stand would be when they're talking to Sebastian Bach and he wouldn't stop doing the Connery. Sean Connery. After yep. they had all the limited fake yep. Sean Connerys. Yep. And then they just went all in for the rest of like the show, just having limited fake Sean Connerys. It was perfect. It was perfect. I loved that. And then right before the pandemic hit a year ago, it was about a year ago, like right now, I think it was the all the Michael Doliak songs. <laughs> the Mike When they got into the Michael Doliak, song contest and they brought on Michael Doliak. I mean to me like that was just that is like the pure marrow of what makes the show great and indispensable to me. 100%. 100%,
0: 100%. <laughs> my neck, my back, my Michael Doliak is is the <laughs> silliest thing I th- like it's one of the, yeah, it's, it's metal stand at least of one of the silliest things ever uttered on sports radio, my neck, my back, my Michael Doliak, and to get Michael Doliak on the phone to judge these things. And he was a good sport about it too. That's the other thing is like, well, in his tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) like like, The, uh, that's the, that's the thing. Like they get Michael Doliak on, they explain the bit to him. And he knows like it's coming from like, uh, there's a pure place of humor that this stuff is coming from. It's not done to be mean. It's not done to, to like make fun of Michael Doliak or anything like that. It's just the absurdity. It's just the silliness that, that is, is the entire point. Um, which is why I think they have such a great track record with getting, you know, people in on the joke with them. Um, that is those are all fantastic moments to, to pick from um who would you say out of the levitard show universe i know you touched a little bit on billy becoming a, a performer in his own right and on air personality who would you say is your favorite member of the levitard show universe
1: man i mean obviously it's dan right there was the whole stretch was it last year maybe the year before when he was gone for like eight weeks or something stupid mm-hmm. he was gone for a really long time right i'm not gonna lie man it it was really difficult for me to make it through that stretch of shows i no, sometimes yeah, I, I would look on twitter to do a little investigation on like who are their interview okay who are the interview like what are they do- like is it worth it for me to jump in here because he really i know he's like the straight man or whatever but he's also really really funny and he yeah, also 100%. knows how to steer it in a direction that is interesting or at least knows how to get to the funny i think better than probably any it's why he's the he is the show it's like he's the top build on the show that's why sometimes stupidity is really hard to listen to i yeah. mean i love Stu.
0: yes yeah we all love, Don't get we me all me love wrong. sure
1: and it's also why i love that like a week or two ago they like totally grilled him about how he has all these, the overlapping, he has those of these crutches that he leans on, especially in, in stupidity. Cause he's cranking out so many of them that he's just like, you know, kind of on autopilot. Where he's like, <laughs> you know, I just, there's only so much of that that I can handle sure. as much as I love Stu but yeah, no, like the show to me is, is Dan. And if I was going to pick a secondary person, um, probably Mike Ryan, like he's, he's an incredible talent. Um, and I know that he's also somebody whose, like, relationship can be fraught with the fandom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I identify so much with him between his, you know, audio experience and his, his music uh, taste and snobbery. And um, just, I think that he's, he's really smart and, and great. <laughs> So, So, uh,
0: so what you're saying is yourself, you're picking yourself there. Um, is that
1: if I were to choose my favorite person in the Levitard universe, it would be me,
0: yes. Um, because you are Mike Ryan, correct? Close, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a great
1: that's my favorite, my favorite joke. Um, on Twitter and Reddit, man, everyone that hears my songs, they're like, Man, Mike is killing it lately, and like, and it's always.
0: For the listener, oh, no. real quick. For the listener, real quick. As as Andrew just pointed out, uh, and and uh, I'm I'm as the joke that I just made that he is sick and damn tired of hearing <laughs> at this point. Uh, everybody is obsessed with the idea that Andrew Streeter's parody songs are actually secretly mike ryan and i'm here to dispel once and for all that is not the case in (laughs) any way shape or form andrew streeter is a real living human being person uh he is not an animatronic muppet uh set up by mike ryan to throw people off the scent of his musical career i promise you
1: appreciate you backing me up on that
0: you're welcome it's it's my my pleasure um okay so uh great choices obviously dan uh dan steering the ship that that is the the thing that i i do not think that folks have a true understanding as to how difficult that is particularly with a group of people uh that you are watching their their you know you're watching for hand signals you're you got an earpiece in people are saying stuff in your ear you're looking for facial expressions when chris cody suddenly has an idea in the back you know three rows away in the studio right or now it's on zoom of course but uh the the steering the show is extremely difficult and mike being the comedian that he is while also spinning the plates of the technical aspect of these things, of, of operating the computer, it's one thing to go up on stage and do stand-up. It's one thing to perform like a parody song on your guitar, right? But also, if you had to be live on the radio and work the board at the same time that you're coming up with these jokes, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand the difficulty level of that.
1: They don't and we and you know, even people that do understand it take it for granted yeah, often absolutely. because yeah. we listen to it all the time and you know, we're fans and we're to some level entitled to you know
0: we get used to the quality to of the show today.
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know about today. It was kinda <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. We're sorry all, sorry, do it. We gotta sorry, catch your, ourselves. Your five episodes of free content for me today was not up to my standards. Like yeah, good you know,
1: grief, man. <laughs> exactly
0: it's so silly i i completely agree with you (laughs) you. oh man okay so um i i guess we can uh kind of skip over this not necessarily skip over this next part but but obviously you you became well known with parody songs you and yeti um and were kind of probably some of the first people sought out for for the the whole lower rangers chat who brought you into this exactly yet he did. Yeah, he did. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> he's like, you're gonna want to talk to these people because he, um, I believe it was Steve Arduini first that like found me on Twitter of all okay. of the Power Rangers because he's you know he's pretty hardcore in yeah, terms of, yes, he and he's such a he's just solid dude. He uh, <clears throat> he followed me first and then followed by Steak and then it was just a couple other different different guys and then um, that were commenting on stuff and. And he's like, "Hey, you know, there's a chat of like, you know, you know, the super fan elite that uh, <laughs> I can get." He like tried. He tried to like make it sound like way cooler than it
0: is. But um, <laughs> oh man, I'm, I I'm uh, wait for Steve to hear this.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, well, I'm in. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. And now I'm there, and, and in like 17 other chats as well. Right. And it's yes, it is uh, so good to uh, keep it all on mute and jump in when I want to
0: yep yep. Um. yeah I I love you I I joke with you sometimes I I I hope you realize I'm being sincere your basketball reporting like I feel like I know more about the Utah Jazz or like Clemson uh uh, throughout the (laughs) seasons uh than than I have ever had in my entire life because you will give us updates you will you do sideline reporting for Uh. us and I genuinely enjoy it like I because I don't I don't keep up with this stuff otherwise and I'm I'm constantly interested regardless of whether i'm like a fan or not you know whenever there's something newsworthy going on so
1: i i don't just i try to i appreciate that first of all <laughs> i try to not be annoying but i know that like everyone has different ideas of what annoying is What does sure, not sure. they have different thresholds <laughs> and of course you know and there's people in there that don't even care to talk sports at all right like lou right and, <laughs> and will totally just like you know rattle you. Um and that's fine. I don't expect everybody to be anywhere close to as enthusiastic about basketball. I love basketball the most. Yeah, right. Or, you know, or the Jazz cuz there's not even any other Jazz fans in there. I just I, they're doing so many crazy like things this year that like when I find like the interesting like crazy stuff like hey, look how crazy this is and I try to like share it. But like apparently that like, you know, it must rub some people the wrong way because when the Heat barely beat the Jazz the other night. Um by the way, the Jazz in the month of February uh, were twelve and two, and one of them oof, was where
0: they beat the crap out of the Heat by eighteen. Right.
1: But then they lost by six or eight or something the other night. Was this and a home I,
0: game or an away game against the Heat this last this one? This was it was in Miami on Friday night. Oh, okay, South Beach, and food, South Beach. <clears> and I was like,
1: I was like, you know, I can see them losing this game. That's, that's a talented team. I have nothing against the Miami Heat. <laughs> But then, like oh, these Heat people, man, they know they see all these Jazz, you know, tidbits throughout the season. They're like, "Oh, look at us! Our, our, you know, Heat culture, Heat in five. You suck, Streeter. For our team beat your team." I'm like, okay. I mean, one of these teams is 20 games above 500, and the other one's one game, you know, under 500, but and not in the playoffs as presently constituted. That's fine.
0: <laughs> you know you, um, man, you're you gonna i cannot wait i cannot wait for the feathers uh, the feathers i cannot wait for the feathers to get rustled
1: <laughs> with, I mean, the, with the with this episode it just became like the jazz suck you suck for liking the jazz well you
0: do not how, I'm, I'm how hearing... dare you
1: how dare you <laughs> go for the team that you've loved since you were a child again yeah, how, how, how,
0: how dare you be a fan that that plays uh the team that i'm a fan of right i'm not how gonna lie you. To you. it
1: kind of it kind of hurt because frankly i've been a pretty you know big heat supporter right, right you know i i think they're they're um i really do buy into key culture and i think Spoelstra is a tremendous coach right and i uh you know all of that and I was rooting for them in the finals last year and then what do I get? Pooped on. I get mega pooped on. And it's Whoa. fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> he's not hurt, ladies and gentlemen. He's not hurt at all. All right. Uh I... no, I'm hurt. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, he's hurt a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Keep that chin up, uh <laughs> street. All right. Uh next question. Speaking of Dan's favorite colors, we're going to ask you what is your First favorite color,
1: it's green, like Kelly green, like Kelly uh, green. old old school Eagles green.
0: Okay, for sure, so good, it's choice. good solid
1: good choice. green. It was the first color. i was the color of my
0: first guitar too. Ooh, and was, ooh. I had a I
1: had a Kelly green knockoff Stratocaster.
0: Nice, nice. What is your second favorite color? Uh, black, green and black. I, I love uh i love any kind of electric color uh to, to go along with black did you what color was the pick guard was it a white pick guard or black pick guard on like guitar? it was a
1: white it was a white pick guard okay it was a white pick guard on the uh, on that old strat johnson Stratocaster.
0: nice nice all right uh and since you've been uh, kind of a part of this whole this whole chat experience and 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 let's extend this out to the podcast that you host with your best goodest friend uh yeti Blanc um, uh, what's been one of your favorite moments from this whole podcasting experience, whether it's hour after hours, yes, maybe no um or or, or just anything in general uh, since we've been doing this
1: Well, I'll pick one from each. Uh, I was on the interview with uh, katie nolan for the Hour wow after hours uh episode with her and i was i got to ask the last question about tom brady like who's who's more <laughs> responsible for the uh the dynasty i thought i was doing it in a way that was you know sarcastic and funny and she did t- she didn't mean to like totally you know rip me a new one but she did she did and, it, <laughs> and it was you know so good But you know what? Like, I wear that as a badge of honor. Honestly, like, how many people get to? And she even said, "She's like, I'm sorry, Streeter, I didn't mean. I'm not taking. I'm not taking." She like knew immediately when she dismounted, like she did, that she was like, "Oh, Streeter, I'm sorry. Like, I wasn't trying to like destroy you on your own podcast with your friends." But uh, no, like, I wear that, man. I loved that. That was fantastic. Um, so probably that, and then. On yes, maybe no, we got. I mean, it's gotta be just uh, becoming pals with Lorenzo is so cool. He will DM Yeti and I like weird crap, and it's hilarious. And I really do I love that guy. We're gonna have him on again.
0: He's wonderful. Um,
1: developing a great friendship with Jeremy Taché has been great. Or lack of a less redundant uh, sentence and 100%. then um uh we we got to interview we got to talk the office with sarah spain on the yeah. show like that's so 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 cool um so i mean all of that's really fun but really it's just you know i don't it's something that i don't have to really do a lot of work with i get on and i talk to my buddy about random crap and then he makes it a show and um I think we've been we've been doing better than I than I actually initially thought that we would. So, yeah. you know, can't really uh, can't really ask for much more than it's the-
0: it's hard to it's hard to nail it down. It, it feels like all one giant experience uh to me like all the episodes all the interviews have kind of like bled together in my head so it's it's hard like one one episode like leads into another you know and 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 one doing one thing you know introduces you to uh uh, another personality that realizes oh these people aren't creepy or scary or anything i can go on their 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 podcast and and spend some time
1: well and like i really loved talking Masters, we did a Masters recap right. with me and Jeff, and then Big Money Charlie, Old Money Charlie, Big Money Charlie, like he's a rapper. <laughs> right. There's a Big Money Charlie, boy. <laughs> That guy, yeah, right. right. No, right. Old Money Charlie and Izzy was on there, and like that was like I was like the first time I was ever like on anything. I know Izzy's been on several times. I've missed him when he has been on, except for then. And he's just like he's so generous with us. And so, so generous with us and really cool. And uh, just like really doesn't make you nervous to talk to him and um, doesn't make you feel like less than a human. And he's just that kind of genuine dude. There's so many of those uh, in that that the show has been able to, to jump on with. It's been, it's been fun to be adjacent to the uh, to the Lauer after hours uh, rocket ship. That's for sure.
0: Well, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you before we get out of here. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, um, Instagram, where they can find your music, um, the music you do with your wife, et cetera, et cetera. All your plug, your pluggables.
1: Sure. So you can find me on the Twitter and uh, on Instagram at Andrew Streeter underscore for both of them. Actually, I think it's just I think it's just at Andrew Streeter on Instagram. Yeah, it's just one word. And then underscore. Someone has that handle already that is not using it and hasn't used it since 2009. And I want to I want to bludgeon them with a hammer. Um, and Twitter will do nothing about it, but it's yep. fine. I've got an underscore. It's fine. And um, yeah, Google whispers and see what comes up. Uh, you could. Uh, that's so dumb. I always like people like ask me questions. It's so condescending. Like I do it to my my son now too. He knows how to Google. And like, dad, like what what do penguins weigh? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Google exists. Why are you asking me questions?
0: <laughs> what, how much do <laughs> penguins weigh? I love that so much. I love that. And of course, of course, check out uh a yes, maybe no podcast. I wasn't
1: I wasn't done, but yeah. Okay, I, all yes, right, all right. Yeah. I
0: just wanted to make sure.
1: We uh yes, maybe no on on the twitter as well as uh it's it's linked in my twitter bio you can go check that out and on instagram as well so um we do shows and we talk like this one just like this one yeah (laughs) you guys uh, have had yeti actually you had yeti recently so yeah i listened to that it was delightful he is just uh he is a golden soul that guy
0: absolutely he is he's uh he's probably probably one of my favorites if not my favorite uh Lauer rangers um as are you uh andrew Aww. streeter Thank you very, very much for for joining us this evening and for spending this time with us on Get to Know Your Lauer Rangers and for letting us get to know you a little bit. So everybody go follow him on Twitter and uh, go check out Yes, Maybe No podcast with his uh, best, goodest friend, Yeti Blum. Streeter, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Willie. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. You too. listen to this episode of Lauer after hours you can always reach us on twitter at lower after hours or instagram at lower after hours we're available wherever you get podcasts so
0: don't forget to download subscribe review and rate five stars sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin hagler and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.